of Metzia Daf Gimel Amar Aleph. We're holding Lema Mastis in the Lake Kerbiasi. So the Gemara Lema Mastis in the Lake Kerbiasi. Shall we say that the Mishnah is not in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Why the Kerbiasi? Rabbi says Ha'amar Imkain Ma'iv Sudami. We'll explain the case, but simple it means what did the Rami miss? Now Rabbi this is a case later on in the Gemara. Um, he says a case that cannot be decided in a manner which there is no uh, deterrent for taking a false claim in court. He says that with regards to the case where two people deposited money with the same person. Now, one deposited 100 dinners and one deposited 200 dinners. And the shamer forgot which of them deposited the large sum. So each claimed ownership of the large sum and was prepared to take an oath to that effect. So the Chacham say that each should receive 100 and the remainder should be mula hachiyo It should be held until the Yohanavi comes to resolve this suffix. Now, Rebbeisi argues and says, He asks, if so, if the swindler is going to get the hundred, so what did he lose by claiming that the two hundred is his? Because uh, each per, at least the hundred he gets back. Ella, rather, what does Rebbeisi say? Rather, the entire Pekadon will be placed in a place so what did our Mishnah say? Our Mishnah says when each one says called a shali, we say achleku. We don't say one hashiyav elio. So it must be our Mishnah is not like Rebbeisi. So the Mishnah says elamai rabbanon. Say, are you going to say that the Mishnah should go like rabbanon? Suggesting the Mishnah in accordance with the Chacham disagree with Rabbi Yehuda, with Rebbeisi. Kiyon our rabban hashar you one hashiyav elio since the Chacham say. That the remainder is placed in a safe place until the Yo comes. This case of the Mishnah concerning the garment is also comparable to the remainder of the case of the deposit. The Sveki, as it's a suffix to whom the entire garment belongs to. So the Chayyid should therefore be placed according to the Chacham in a safe place until Ashiyavim Mulachaliyo. So where's this Hainmite? What is the comparison? Granted, if you say that the Mishnah, and according to the opinion of the Chachamim, Hasam Davade, Haimon of the Chachamim, Ayud Amrit Abbanan. There, in the case of the Chachamim, in the case of the Bikadan, where there's 100 dinners certainly belonging to only one of them. So, Amrit Abbanan, Yemunah Hachavaliyo. So, in the case of the Bikadan, for sure, 100 dinners certainly belongs to only one of them. The Chachavah say that it's placed at Shiyavim The Tavayu, here in the case of the Mishnah where there is room to say that it belongs to both of them, the Chachavim will say that the Vayat with the Shua. But if you say this is in accordance with the Pinot of Yaisi, so there's a Shailah. Hashtamas and the Vavadi Kamar Lamar, in the case where there's certain that there are 100 dinners that belong to one of the litigants, and there's 100 dinners that belong to the other litigants, nevertheless, I'm going to basically, what does he say? That the entire thing should be placed until Eliyahu becomes Well, here, where there's room to say that it all belongs to only one of them, they close again, all the more so, it's not clear that it should be, is it, all the more so, 
it is not clear that it should be placed in a safe place until the hour comes. Why, as one of the claims, may be entirely, entirely a fraudulent. The Lord says, I feel the tame of Rebbeisi. You could even say that the Mishnah is according to the Rebbeisi. Hasam vada ikaramai. In the case of the, the Pekodin, this for sure is swindler between the two depositors. Hachamiyim vada ikaramai. Here, are you going to say that they're both swindlers? Whether the swindler over here, Emer the Tzavai Ba'adei Dadi Yagbo. You can see that they both lifted up the garment at the same time, and therefore there's no reason to give a class by placing it in a safe place. Inami, alternatively, you can distinguish and say, There, it basically penalized the swindler by confiscating his deposits so that he will admit that he lied in order to receive his original deposit of 100 dinners from the shamer. Here, in the case of the garment, what loss would a swindler incur that would prompt him to admit that he is lying? The item is placed in the safe place. He loses nothing. So the Messiah says, The distinction works out well in the case of a found item. We did not pay anything. He has no incentive to admit that he lied. What are you going to say in regards to buying and selling? Both parties paid for the item and preferred to receive the item. Rather, the distinction is clearly, as we explained initially, the difference between the cases is that in the Mishnah, there's no certainty that one of them is like. So the Mishnah says, Both according to the opinion of the Chachamim and according to the opinion of the Mishnah, there with regard to a case of a storekeeper lying on the ledger. It's unclear why the money is not held until the matter is clarified. Now, what's that case referring to? It's referring to a case where an employer tells a storekeeper to give food to his labor in, instead of his salary. And later the storekeeper claims that he gave it to him, but the laborer claims they did not receive it. So both parties therefore claim payment from the employer. Now, so what did the Mishnah say in Shuas? Zanishba this one, the storekeeper takes an oath that he gave the food to the laborer. And, and again, he receives payment. And that one, the laborer takes an oath that he was not given any food. It takes a salary from the employer. So the question is, What is the difference in that case that we do not say, take the money from the employer? And it's placed... And a safe place until the old Navi comes. Apparently, he should say this because there is certainly a swindler amongst the litigants, since it is impossible that both of the storekeeper and the laborer are telling the truth. So Amri also and the Chacham say response. This is the reason that the money is not set aside because the storekeeper can say to the employer, "I carried out your shluchas to give the money to give the food to the laborer." And I have dealings only with you. My Islach got me suffer. What business do, do I have to do with the higher labor? Afagav, the Komishtabili, even if he takes the Shua, but he did not receive the food, I don't trust him with the Shua. Ate Manti, you are the one who trusted him. So you're the one who trusted him. As you did not say to me, give him the food in the presence of the witness. Therefore, you're obligated to pay me. If you have grievance, settle with your employee. 
And a hired labor can also say to the Balabayas, I worked for you. What relationship do I have with the storekeeper? Even if he takes an oath to me that he gave me the change, he's not trustworthy to me by virtue of the oath. If for both parties take an oath and take payment from the employer. A person says to another person, I have a hundred dinners in your possession. You borrowed from me, you didn't pay it back. And the guy says, I don't owe you anything. Nothing of yours is in my possession. And witnesses testify that he has 50 dinners in his rishos, or he owes him 50 bucks. He gives him 50. And takes an oath about the remainder that he did not borrow the fifty remaining dinners from him. Now, why should I say das pig dealer my das aidum? It's the Kabachemer. This is a Kabachemer. Um and that one admits the part of his is a made mixes, the din is um so he's saying that this should not be any stronger than a made mixes. Now, what does that mean? The one who admits the part of a claim that is brought against him is obligated to take an oath that he owes him no more than the amount that he admits that he has borrowed. And we learn from a Kabachim, as the admission of one's own mouth should not carry greater weight than the testimony of witnesses. Since in the case of, in this case, witnesses testify that he owes an amount equal to part of the claim, he is all the more so obligated to take an oath with regard to the rest of the sum. And the Tana, the Mishnah, also taught a similar In a case of two people who came to base the holding a garment, each one says, I found it. The other person says, I found it. So what's the din? Each litigant takes a shua and they divide it. And on the toughest, and here in the case of the found item, since each litigant is holding part of the garment, and on the we are witnesses that it's clear to us that. What he's grasping is his, and this one is grasping is also his. What do we see? Yeshava makes a shua. Now, what does it mean that the admission of one's oath should not, uh, one's mouth should not carry greater weight than the testimony of the witnesses? Isn't the comparison that the case of the admission to part of the claim self evident? So, my answer is but I say that it is only in the case of the admission of one's own mouth that the terror imposes an oath upon him in accordance to the explanation of Rabbi. He says, why does a made the have to swear? It's a chazaka that a person does not have the chutzpah by lying in the presence of his creditor who had done him a favor by lending him money to, to deny it. And this person denies part of the claim actually Wants to deny the whole thing to exempt himself. And why doesn't he deny everything? Because the person does not have the chutzpah. Now, in order to 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 show this, this person wants to admit to the creditor with regards to the entire debt. Why didn't he admit it? The reason why he didn't admit to the claim is because he just wants to. He was evading the creditor and thought. I'll continue to do so until I have money. Savar, I have a Zuzi. Apparently, when I have money, I'll pay him back. When I have money, I'll pay him back. 
there it says, impose an, an oath upon him in order to ensure that he will admit to him with regard to all the chayv. But with regards to the testimony of the witnesses, renders him chayv to be a part of the debt. The As one cannot say this explanation since the logic applies only when it is the debt for admitting to part of the claim. He might say that, there's, that he has no intention to repay the chayv at all. It's completely dishonest and therefore his oath is worthless. Mashvulah kavachemer therefore teaches the kavachemer that the defendant's obligation to take an oath is derived by means of a kavachemer. My kavachemer, what is the kavachemer? Ma piv shein mechayvim mam mechayvishvuah. If a maidim mixes with his mouth, which does not render him chayv to pay the money, he admitted owing. Nevertheless, obligates him to to and keshvuos edim shemachayv nisim mamin. So with regards to the money, which does render him chayv, which witnesses do render him chayv to pay the money. Does it not make sense that they should obligate him to take an oath? So the Gemara says, But does the admission of his own mouth not render him to pay money? We know that the status of the admission of the litigant is similar to that of 100 witnesses. So my answer is, My moment, what is the money that one is not to pay based on his own admission? Is it Kanas? It's referring to the payment of a Kanas. In all cases, the terror imposes a fine. If the defendant admits his own liability voluntarily, he is not required to pay it. Therefore, the Kavachemer is as follows. If the admission of one owes mouth, which is not rather than to be a knas, does Machavishwa, Edimshim Machavi is a knas. Edim, which will make a Machavi a knas, any Edimshim Machavi is a shwa, does not make sense that is Machavi a shwa. So the Mariah says, Malapimshik and Machavi carbonate. By a person's mouth, it makes him chayv carbon. One who admits that he transgressed the iser is obligated to bring an offering. What, what would you say in regards to the admission with regards to the testimony of witnesses, which in the case they testify that one transgressed the iser does not obligate him to bring a carbon? That a person is is obligated to pay to pay to pay the Bring a carbon from Adam from a kavachim. The time we learned in the Mishnah, Amlish Nayem Machalti Chiluf. If two witnesses say you ate forbidden fats, he says I did not eat it. Mimir Machayev, Mir says he is chayev to bring a carbon and chamun petim. Amun Mir and Mir says to the chachamim, Maybe you should not be misachamura leyivil l'de carbon akal. If two witnesses can cause a person to receive a death penalty, which is a severe penalty, can they not cause? One to receive the light penalty, having to bring a carbon. I'm ready to the chacham said to him, "Mind your tzelimah." Made the maze of the yisri potter. What what if he would say, "I said intentionally"? Would he be exempt since one does not bring a carbon for maze? Testimony witnesses has to no bearing in this matter as they cannot prove that this transgression was shaded. Therefore, even if he claims that he did not sin at all, the testimony is not obligated to bring a carbon. Rather, what is notable about the admission of one's mouth is notable in that it renders a robber liable to bring a guilt offering. One who admits that he robbed another is required to bring a guilt offering for atonement, whereas if he witnesses testify that he robbed another, he's not obligated to bring a carbon. Uh, so the guilt offering is the same as a carbon, which there's a machlekes between a man and a chacham as to whether the testimony of witnesses render one has to bring a carbon. Rather, by the mouth that it renders him to be a famous. If witnesses testify that he 
unlawfully possess the money of another, he's not chayv to be a chemish. That's not a question. The mayor of Chia could be a shrill, gave the Machavi come from Kavachimer, plus the Gishaiva Kermas and Machavi Chemish of Kavachimer. Other Malapish can in a Bakosha was the more. By Malison, it's notable in that it's not subject to contradiction or to refutation as applies to the testimony of the Choshe Bazoma. Tamer Baidim Sheshtim Bakosha Bazoma. The testimony of witnesses is weaker in some aspect than the than Redas Piv. Rather, we derive the Allah from Eidechad. By Eidechad, we know a person, Eidechad cannot mechaib the person money bought, mechaib is He could be mechaib the person of Shavu. Eidechad, which is mechaib in Eidechad, so it's not logical that the testimony of two witnesses was rendered one chayav to pay money. Eidechad, mechaib in Eidechad, does it not make sense to obligate him to make a Shavu? How could you compare to Eidechad in in the case of the Eidechad, he takes an oath with regard to the matter concerning which he testifies. Now, with regard to the other claims raised by the claimant, will you say the same with regard to two witnesses? In which case, the defendant takes an oath with regard to the claim that he denies, and now with regard to the debt about which they testify. Chia's Kabuchemer is derived from the extension of an oath that the testimony of one witness obligates him to take. Once the defendant is obligated to take an oath, the Teveya can demand that he takes an oath with regards to other claims that he has against him. Let's call the Google Shua. So, when it says, by the case of a Gilgul Shua, the Shua now obligates him to take more Shua's. You say the same in the case of the witnesses who testify. In the case of witnesses who testify, whose testimony renders the defendant liable to pay money. So when it says, the, the mouth can prove that an element other than the oath can cause the defendant to be obligated to take an oath with regards to the rest of the thing. And Machazadin, Lady Zek, Rizek, 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 nothing is, is, is common. Now, Hatzad the Shavash of Ben will be the common denominator. The common denominator is that in these cases, come before the court with the claim and its denial. And the defendant is obligated to take a Shua. I will also include the obligation to take an oath. In the case of Rechia, where there is testimony of two witnesses about which part of the dead, Shaydei Tainuk Fidein Boin. Which comes before the court with a claim and its denial, and in Israel, therefore the defendant is obviously taking oath. So when it says, How could you, the Tzad Shava, which they do not assume the presumption of status of one who falsely denies the Chayv, are you going to say the same with regards to the case of witnesses who contradict the defendant's denial of the plaintiff's claim, where the defendant assumes the Chazaka the status of one who falsely denies? In this case, he is no longer deemed trustworthy, and his oath may not be cut off. Well, I don't. I don't know. That 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 